0: Hey guys, Matty Griffin here. Welcome to the BMW Motorrad podcast. A new podcast about the world's best bikes, the people who ride them, and the places they take us to. You might even find me in there somewhere. Now, here's your host and my mate, Andy Dukes.
1: Greetings BMW riders. I'm Andy Dukes and I'm a lifelong BMW Motorrad fan. I just love them. GSs, RRs, XRs, RTs, whatever. As long as it's got two wheels and an engine, I'll ride it. It's the way these bikes make you feel while riding that I want to tap into. That feeling of freedom, of belonging, of connection, not just with nature but with your fellow riders in the Motorrad community. In this podcast series I want to take you deep behind the scenes within BMW Motorrad and introduce you to the passionate guys and girls that spend their lives designing, engineering and building their dream bikes, which ultimately become our dream bikes. I want to feature the inspiring riders and the adventures that these bikes engender and I want to bring you the stories you won't find elsewhere. We're delighted that you'll be sharing these podcasts with us over the coming months, maybe while you're on the train or plane, driving back from the office, walking the dog, running, cooking dinner, or even just chilling out at home. Yep, you can even enjoy a podcast with your eyes shut. It's that easy. But if you're listening to this while riding your BMW, do keep your eyes on the road ahead. So what's in this opening episode? First up, it's the International GS Trophy, and we'll be looking ahead to New Zealand, an adventure rider's paradise and the ultimate destination for the 2020 edition. Then we're talking big boxes. Thanks to the recent unveiling of the Concept R18, we now know there's a new cruiser on its way. 1800 cc's of pure emotion. I'll be speaking to the head of BMW Motorrad, the marketing team and the bike's designers about the super exciting new model series heading our way. After that, we'll touch on 50 years of the legendary Slash 5 series, and speak to someone who was lucky enough to get hold of a new R9T5 and ride it from the depths of Cornwall to the northern tip of Scotland, even before this special new model was officially unveiled. So, stick your headphones on, turn the volume up, and enjoy the BMW Motorad podcast. Right, on to International GS Trophy Matters. It's getting closer the 7th edition of the awe-inspiring competition that celebrates the spirit of the BMW GS. The event is not a race, of course, but a team competition, pitching the GS Riding International contingent against each other in a series of challenges. But it's so much more than that. It also fosters a sense of brotherhood, sisterhood and camaraderie. Equally, the GS Trophy is a celebration of culture and nature, the riders learning about and understanding the people and the terrain of the regions they encounter. Arguably, though, None of this would be possible without the GS itself, and what it has inspired in riders over the decades. I'd like to introduce you to someone who has played a significant role in the Trophy's continued success, and is one of the biggest GS fans I know. Great to have you here and talk about the GS Trophy, Ralph. Would you say that the International GS Trophy is unique in the motorcycling world?
2: Definitely. Um, I think we had a format of an event um, that a lot of competitors tried to copy uh, and they're quite good in it, but um, the original is still the GS Trophy. So um, because coming out of the GS now after so many years of, of inventing the GS and being so successful and have such a great community of GS riders And I know from a lot of talks that I had here at the uh, BMW Motorrad Days in Garmisch, that it is still our main, main bike. So many people and so many people are also engaged in the GS Trophy, following that on the social medias, uh, looking forward to the next, talking about the last GS Trophy. So that is very much in the mind of our customers, of our GS riders. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly united GS riders
1: worldwide in a way that's you know never happened before would you say that community then is the secret of its success
2: definitely the community that is why we are doing it and that is why it is so successful so all the follows and there i i would already say that we are like a family like a gs family if a gs rider meets another gs rider have ne- never ever seen before but they feel like friends or feel like part of a family and that really unifies a lot of people and it is very beautiful to see that how these people meet, especially here at the BMW Motor days in Garmisch.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's a real GS family out there. I mean, I hear countless stories of around the world GS riders who've been hosted by their GS brothers and sisters across the globe. It's happened to me myself when I rode around the world. Well, what is it that you think
2: makes that community so strong it is a lot comes out of the motorcycle and the motorcycle itself because we have so many experience of building that motorcycles and we developed it over more than 39 years um and so the the bike is, of course the first choice when you think about traveling around the world. Nobody will pass you yes so this that is a, that is the first thing, but of course, all these stories that had been happened with the g s from the last thirty nine years um that is of course built this family because there are so million of stories, cool stories, nice stories uh sentimental stories and and all this stuff and when you are in that market for so long. There are so many people who can tell something that happened together with their GS and that makes the family, of course, it is not, it's much, much ahead of the product itself.
1: Like you say that, you know, the GS model series, it's been around for 39 years since 1980. Why did it take more than a quarter of a century to get the GS trophy
2: off the ground? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, very good question. I have no idea. (laughs) Um... I think we had the first GS Trophy in 2008 um, and that started a new story, an additional story to this GS story uh and the spirit of GS. And that was the right time in 2008 to start with that. And we saw that a lot of people were following and after the JS Trophy people were riding where the JS Trophy were were, and uh, ride on the same tracks and do such things so that gives us the idea of hey of course only a couple of people can ride in the JS Trophy but there are so many people who want to ride it so why not offering after the JS Trophy this follow the trails of the JS Trophy so everybody can now follow them so we have an organization uh, and we are selling these um, these trips, and where you ride on the original on the original tracks of the GS Trophy with all the logistic around, like in the original International GS Trophy.
1: Yeah, it's an absolutely brilliant idea. I mean, it's a fantastic event. But like you say, there's no point in just having an event for a few people. You know, you've got to share it with, with the rest of the world. Now, you've been to the last four GS Trophies.
2: What do you like best about the event? Definitely, the best of the event is meeting people from everywhere in the world. Uh, in the last trophy we had people from twenty-one nations, so so many different, from coming from totally different cultures, and there is this one unifying thing. The yes, and you talk to somebody from the other side of the world, and you have from the beginning you have something in common with them, and that was always the absolute spirit of js is this meeting people sharing the stories um, what they have done with the js and listen to that stories telling your own stories and that is always the best in the evening sitting there on the campfire having a beer in the hand and talking to somebody who's from a totally different part of the world and you feel like friends after a couple of minutes
1: yeah it's absolutely perfect now This question is probably difficult to answer. I know you've been to GS trophies in South America, in Canada, in uh, Thailand and also in Mongolia. But which one of those has been your favorite so far and why?
2: (laughs) I'm sure that the favorite trophy will be the New Zealand trophy next year.
1: That's a good answer. That's a good answer. Now, I first met you in 2012 in Argentina where you took a 1983 R80 GS or should I say G slash S to the international GS Trophy South America. And it was fantastic to see you doing the entire trophy on an original GS, 29 years younger than the competitors' bikes of that time, but incredibly capable all the same.
2: What was your thinking behind that great move? Actually, I was quite nervous at the beginning, <laughs> Um but... Already after a couple of days, we found out that, of course, we have built GSs from the beginning, and that was the idea from the beginning: building a big bike that you can travel the world with. And that idea was already in the G/S from 1983 that I was riding. Of course, there's a lot of technical advanced stuff today in the in the bikes, but it was also to prove: hey, from the beginning, we built jss under the same spirit of having a bike that takes you around the world and you have been there it was no problem to ride of course in the very hard terrain it it is more difficult and and some loops i did uh, i did not in the very hard uh, thing but um 98% of the the trophy was the same with the modern GS and the uh, 29-year-old G-slash-S.
1: Okay, so next year we'll be making the journey to New Zealand. And you've already been there. How excited are you about this country as a GS destination for the trophy?
2: I think all the countries where we had done the the GS trophy were fantastic and were really GS countries and now being in New Zealand and we had the final approval of the of the roads uh, of the of the trip or of the tracks um, it is it is mind blowing it is absolutely mind blowing that is if there is only one country in the world that could be named the GS country it's definitely New Zealand you have from one day to the other you have totally different landscapes one day you're traveling through desert then it looks like in the alps the next day then you are riding through jungle and then you ride legally on a beach coming from germany it is unbelievable that you are allowed to ride a motorcycle on the beach and when we first hit the beach there i remember that we were just playing around for one and a half hours just riding in circles and because we couldn't Believe it that it is allowed to ride on a beach, um, then you have this uh, in the south uh, in the South Island. you have this typical New Zealand landscape that we know from Lord of the Rings and it 's absolutely fantastic every day, totally different scenery and that co- in combination with the very, very nice people, we were really with open arms they were we had so many new friends done there in just a couple of days that we've been there. There's only one disadvantage, and that is the distance. From Germany, it is exactly the other side of this planet.
1: Yeah, it's about as far as you can go, whichever way you go around the world. But of course, for a lot of the countries that are participating, it's not as far as they've had to travel in the past. And and of course, there are GS riders listening to this now who are still hoping to qualify for the trophy via their national
2: qualifiers. Uh, What message have you got for them? Good luck try to be in there it will be the best ever gs trophy i can promise brilliant thanks
1: very much for talking to us and enlightening us about new zealand and the world of gs thank you ralph thank you andy cast your mind back to the end of may when BMW Motorrad unveiled a rather special custom concept featuring a new prototype 1800cc flat twin motor, the highest capacity boxer motorcycle engine ever produced. It all took place on the shores of Lake Como in Italy at the Concorso Deleganza Villadesta event, where it's become something of a tradition for BMW Motorrad to present breathtaking design studies and then put them into series production. This stripped-down, raked-out custom bike was simply christened Concept R18, but the name gives a strong hint of what's coming our way soon in the cruiser segment. To find out more for the podcast, I spoke to some of the guys behind the design of this stunning hand-built concept bike, as well as those responsible for bringing the production version to the market soon. Yep, it's definitely happening. How cool is that? So, let's start with head of BMW Motorrad Dr. Markus Schramm, who tells us why the brand is extending its model portfolio into this exciting segment.
3: I mean, to... Extend your portfolio is not a quick decision. It is a mid-term or long-term strategy. So you need to prove your ideas a little bit earlier, which we did with the R5 of March three years ago. We got a very good reaction from the participants, but also afterwards from the public. So this encouraged us to go this route, and today we are here. I mean, we're clearly entering the cruiser segment, so the big cruiser segment is a target group. And I think these are people who love uh, to have touristic designs and the custom design is very popular. So this is the kind of target group we are hitting for. I think that's certainly very important to recognize that more and more people looking at motorcycling being really relaxation, uh, getting offline uh, and not being trapped in the digital world. I think BMW Motor is certainly this brand with the most, uh, the b- biggest uh, portfolio. Um, so we have bikes which are very technical, we have bikes which are very emotional uh, and we have um, all kinds of bikes uh, in, a, in a huge range. And I think certainly this, this bike is hitting the emotional part uh, and we are well prepared with the R9 team. We already uh, entered this segment and we will continue to be successful there.
1: That was Dr. Marcus Cham talking to us in Italy. He was joined by BMW Motorrad Vice President Sales and Marketing Timo Resch, who was keen to explain why the time is
4: right for a series production cruiser powered by a big boxer engine. The huge success of the R19 lineup that we have in the market right now gave us great confidence that it's absolutely time now to have an additional product in this heritage segment, And the first feedback about the Concept R18 is giving us the feeling that this has been the right decision. I'm absolutely convinced that the Concept R18 can win all the hearts of the fans of the Cruiser segments worldwide. And I think it's doing that already quite now. And lots of people that might not even know that they're fans of this segment yet, they will also come and will be very interested about this whole segment. For me personally, um, what is really special about the Concept R18 is that it's really combining the traditional classic, idea about the BMW Motorrad product with its iconic big boxer engine and it's taking that into the modern times by putting elements into it that come from the customizing side. So it's really the essence of BMW Motorrad in a very authentic way.
1: Thanks Timo, let's talk about design and to the head of BMW Motorrad Design Edgar Heinrich about the thinking and the emotion behind the concept R18.
5: This is really about the looks, it's about sound and about the feeling you know. Looking back in our history is always super interesting and we I mean we have a huge history yeah we have a strong history and we just want to use it. We wanted to create we always plan to create a motorbike in the cruiser segment because this is something we just don't have anything you know and uh, there is lots of people who want to have this and I think the romance for these emotional things for these mechanic sculptures is getting bigger and bigger and this is what we want to what we want to achieve here. Of course, for this project we choose colleagues, they are really into these markets. They know the markets, they know the customers, they understand the rule in the segment. And most of them, they work at home in the garage. They do the same thing, you know, on the weekends. Uh, I mean, this bike is all about, yeah, it's about the looks. It's about the emotion. It's the, the looks, the feel, the sound, and the detailing. Basically, I like to call it, this is a bike, it has a lots of elegance, and I like to call it—it's it's it's the power of simplicity. This is really very, very nice on this bike. If you look at the engine, I mean, the engine is the pivot point of all the bike. And the best thing is, this is undeniable—a BMW engine. Uh, the stance and the look and everything—and it's the biggest boxer engine ever built. It's—I want to call it the mother of the boxer engine. You know, it's a mechanical sculpture, and to me, it's a—it's a metal. It's a masterpiece of metal work. I think for all the team, this was a super nice project. First of all, this kind of concert bikes are always on top of the normal work. So that's one thing. On the other hand, the team is always super excited and super motivated to do this kind of stuff. And I just can't congratulate the whole team. I mean, this is a
1: perfect and uh, amazing piece of work. And what about the team? Let's get a view from the actual designer of the Concept R18, Bart Janssen-Groesbeek, who tells us a little bit more about the journey from initial design sketch to finished concept.
6: Uh, this time we were really lucky with the, with the Concept R18 because we could really transfer what we made in the sketches to the finished product. And even some details are a little bit different from the sketch, but they're still pretty close to the concept and to the ideas. And actually the proportion and the stance is spot on. So for the, for the concept bike, it's really important to have a really clean look. And that's why we also, all the wiring have disappeared and hidden inside the, the tank and underneath the frame. In this kind of motorcycle, it's important to have a clear message and not to have too many finishes. So we, we concentrated ourselves on polished aluminium, chrome and painted uh, black. In this segment, the size of the engine is really important because the engine is king. And with this bike, with the frame and with the other parts, we really put the engine on show. It's an 1800cc, biggest BMW Boxer. The most emotional moment for us was when we mounted the exhaust, because in that moment we really saw everything coming together. And especially the the chrome swoop from back to front, it really showed, showed off the design. In the cruiser segment, the bike is like a blank canvas. So any future production machine will be sure to have lots of special parts to make it your own.
1: And the final words go to BMW Motorrad's Head of Marketing and Product Management, Dr. Ralph Roderpeter, who speaks of everyone's excitement in bringing a serious production version of this cruiser to the market.
2: Yeah, from a marketing perspective it is a very exciting time because we are entering into a new market, into a new segment for us. And the concept R18 shows what will be on the market in the second half of 2020. The cruiser segment is one of the biggest segments in the motorcycle market, in the big motorcycle market. And it is high time for BMW Motorrad to be also part of that market. I had the chance to ride some of our prototypes of that bike and I can tell you it is amazing. It is just cool. You feel like the king of the world uh, riding that bike. And speaking of that beautiful boxer engine sound,
1: I can treat you to a little snippet of how the Concept R18 sounds when it was started up and ticking over at the Concorso. that's music to your ears then get online and head to bmw-motorad.com slash r18 for more details of this genuine bmw motorad hand-built machine that's already won the hearts and souls of many custom bike fans worldwide and register your interest in the production version that'll be rumbling towards us from 2020 Now that's what I call music. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you, so thanks a lot for your support. And if you like it, why not subscribe, and we'll bring all the podcasts direct to you. Now, back to the show. Ah, the sound of BMW custom bikes. The Mallet Rally is the longest motorcycle rally ever attempted in the UK. 1,250 beautiful miles from the southern tip of England to the very northern tip of Scotland. You may have heard of Mallet. It's a luxury brand from London that makes handcrafted luggage, apparel and adventure accessories for the discerning motorcyclist. Mallet also hosts the Mallet Mile Sprint and the Great Mallet Rally. A navigation rally specifically for custom, classic cafe racer, chopper and scrambler motorcycles. Discovering the back roads of England, Wales and Scotland on two wheels, what's not to like? That's exactly what BMW Motorads Sandra aimed for. So she jumped on the new R9T5 and rode it through the wildest landscapes our little island has to offer. Here's what she thought of Blighty, the Mali Rally and the new Beamer. Okay. Hi, Sandra. The uh, Great Mallee Rally. It's only open to riders of inappropriate motorcycles. Why is that?
0: Well, it depends, I suppose, on what you call inappropriate. But if you think of the fact that you're riding for like 1,200 miles and it's all naked bikes, it's, you know, customized bikes, it's fairly uncomfortable bikes, <laughs> then um, I suppose you would call that inappropriate. And
1: 1,250 miles, I think that's over 2,000 kilometers. Cross-country, five navigation stages from the southern tip of Cornwall to the very northern tip of Scotland. You've probably seen more of the UK in one week than most Brits do in their lifetime.
0: (laughs) I suppose I did. Um, Honestly, you know, when I heard 1,200 miles, I kind of thought, ah, well, 1,200 kilometers, that's not that far. You know, you can do that in about three days. Until I realized that a mile is a little bit more than a kilometer. And uh, the days were really, really, really long. Um, But because of that stunning scenery, it just flew by.
1: Because you went through Cornwall, Devon, Wales, Lake District, Scotland. Were you surprised at how good a destination for riding the UK is if the sun's shining?
0: <laughs> Again, I suppose we were very lucky. We only had one day of rain and that was a very, very last stage. And um, yeah, the rest of the country, I've be- the people kept telling me that we'd seen uh, the most beautiful sort of part of it and they had never seen Cornwall I think in the in the sun before Um, so to me that was a a present that I just couldn't believe that I got basically it was amazing loved it
1: and the inappropriate motorcycle you got your hands on was in fact the new R90-5 before it was unofficially unveiled what was the response to the bike among the other rally participants
0: well funnily enough I was a bit worried about that before but it blended in perfectly. There were so many beautifully, you know, done up bikes, customized bikes, lots of different colors, lots of makes, basically every make that you can imagine that could have an inappropriate bike. And um, so ours just perfectly fit into the family.
1: And how did it perform over the five days of the rally this uh, slash five?
0: It was amazing. It started in the morning, it kept running through the day. It didn't, you know, muck around. It was just perfect. Whilst others had to have their bolts, you know, re... how you say, um, fixed or, you know, the oil was leaking. My bike just performed beautifully.
1: Comfort-wise, did it, uh, did, you know, did it take you from one, one end of the country to another? No problems at all?
0: Well, it's a 90. Of course it did. But honestly, of course, like, you know, you have... it's a, pure, it's a naked bike. So... Um, you are in tune with nature, you get all the elements that are right in your face. But to me, that's the beauty of riding, you know? You, you're just in tune with everything. It's sometimes uncomfortable, but then the scenery makes up for it.
1: Good to have the wind in your face, so to speak. Were there um, any other BMWs in the rally?
0: Quite a few, actually. I was very surprised because it's open to all brands, and I was thinking that. You know it was a little bit like a a family meeting but with all the brands who you know people love and all the old bikes old bikes new bikes a good mix of it and um, we fit in perfectly well so yes there were a few 90s there were a few old bikes actually very old bikes and they all made it
1: good stuff now this special edition Slash 5 it's being produced as a homage to the original massively popular Slash 5 series that's actually celebrating its 50th anniversary this year where do you think this yearning for nostalgia for older looking bikes is coming from
0: well I suppose difficult to say because it's different for every one of us but I reckon um, it's a little bit you know, in, in this world that's moving so fast with all the digitalization going on and um, messages beeping into your phone all the time, it it feels like people are looking for a way to quieten their minds and maybe, you know, look back at, at values and, and things that are familiar that they've maybe known from their grandfathers and fathers. And when when life was more sorted or a little bit more slow and um, well to me at least it feels like that so maybe that is why
1: yeah absolutely time to slow things down a bit and the the rally itself would you do it again
0: in a heartbeat it was amazing i met so many really cool people and we all had one thing in in common we just loved getting on those bikes in the morning have a beer in the evening once we had done the rally meet up for lunch somewhere enjoy the scenery. It was amazing.
1: Superb. There you have it. Thanks for talking to us, Sandra.
0: Very welcome.
1: That's the end already. Well, thanks for joining us for this opening BMW Motorrad podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts so you'll never miss an episode. In fact, we've got episode two waiting for you right now with special features on an electrified future, pure and crafted, and some exciting new teams joining the International GS Trophy. Don't miss these stories, and the content coming in Episodes 3 and 4, which we can't wait to share with you. But why not get in touch and tell us what you'd like to hear on the show, which topics you'd like us to cover, and who you'd like to see as guests? Contact us via Instagram, Facebook or Twitter, using the hashtag BMW Podcast. This is Andy Duke signing off, so wherever you are, don't forget to make your life a ride. Bye for now.